In order to succeed, we need to get delegation right, but most of us have no clear process for making sure our delegation is effective and that our teams are able to drive better results. What does it mean to love and work well? And how do I pursue what truly matters? Working at the intersection of business and psychology, I help you answer these questions and more so you can focus priorities, inspire change, lead with courage, and live with more joy today. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. So if you've been with me the past few weeks, you've learned about how a failure to delegate leads to failures in big, in three big areas. You've also learned three very, very common delegation errors and how to avoid them. We've talked about uh, whether there's a skill issue or a psyche issue. And often there is a psyche issue when it comes to these delegation errors. And then today I want to wrap up this uh, deep dive into delegation by providing you a delegation process that can be useful for all sorts of things um, with your teams. It's also super helpful at home. So there's always application at home. So you can use this process for task assignment, for decision-making, for ensuring accountability. And of course, every week with the podcast, my goal is to help you pursue what matters by strengthening your confidence to lead. And I try to do that in one of three areas. So helping you to lead with clarity, which is connecting you to purpose, helping you lead with curiosity, which is increasing your self-awareness about how you may be getting in your own way. And then of course, helping you to build and lead a community. And so with our conversation today, it really does hit on all three, but Let's focus specifically on leading and building a community. Having a clear delegation process can be a game changer for a team. And so with that, let's jump right into our first topic, which is that if you want better results, you must provide a better process. It's so easy for, you know, leaders when they give a task on the back end, when the task isn't successful or it doesn't look like anything the leader needed it to look like, it's so easy to blame the team members. And as I have worked with teams, what I have seen is almost always the failure has been in the front end process. The failure has been with a leader not taking the time to actually give clear guidance and direction. And so if team members don't have what they need to be successful, they're not going to be successful. And so today we're going to talk about a process that helps to provide clarity. It ensures communication and it drives collaboration. So there we've got three C's for you. And that's really what we're looking for with this process. And so I like to call this the com- a communication and collaboration process, right? Because it points out right from the get-go that the purpose of this process is to drive communication and collaboration. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about this as we as we move forward, but this is not a weapon of micromanagement, right? This isn't about having people check boxes, but it is 
being very clear and being very focused on making sure team members are set up for success. Um, And again, that's one of the concerns I often see is that team members are not set up for success. And so we want to utilize a clear, effective process for task assignment, delegation, and decision-making. So as I talk about this, I'm going to be talking about tasks. So task assignment, but just know you could put in the word decision. You could put in the word project. You could put in the word strategy or tactic. So this process you know, doesn't have to be strictly used for task management, but it's really looking at, okay, what are the decisions we're looking at? What are the things that we need to get done? And how are we going to be effective in um, executing on those? So you can use it for a variety of, um, of activities in your organization. But for simplicity's sake, I will just use the term task as we move forward. And so... When we think about this communication and collaboration process, there are five questions that I want you to ask. Now, I like these simple questions. If you are a listener to the podcast, these um, these general questions will sound familiar. So I use this as a frame for a lot of the leadership work I do. And so the questions are what, why, who, when, and how. Now, depending on the application, um, the second part of each of those questions is very unique or very specific as it is today. But, you know, when you have, when you're trying to wrap your head around a process or a problem or a challenge at work, these five questions can be so helpful because they really help you to focus on, okay, what are, what are the things that we, what are the questions we need to be asking, right? Like these questions help you to focus on your context and to really help you get the big picture. And so I'm very fond of these questions. Um, perspective is critical when it comes to effective decision-making. And so these questions really help to drive that perspective, to make sure that we're not stuck in a tunnel, right? Uh, and that we can take a step back and really see the big picture and that we're not just looking at an issue from our own perspective. That's another thing that happens all the time. And we don't serve our team. We don't help them to have the information that they need in their role to be successful. And so let's start with the first question, which is what? So pretty basic question, what is the task that's being considered or what is the decision that's being considered? Um, And so it's pretty straightforward. It's very simple. You want to identify the proposed task. What is it that needs to get done, right? And um, you'll be surprised at how often that that point, um, which seems very basic and really quite important, how many times that doesn't get pinned down. And so team members are floundering right out of the gate. It's a, it's a real problem. And so take the time to define the task, right? So what is the task that's being considered? That leads us to our second question, which is why? So why does the task matter to mission and values? We always pull in why, because if we don't have a good compelling reason for why this needs to be done, um, we probably should not be doing it, or we should probably reconsider. Um, This is where we can really fall victim to the idea fairy, right? Where it's like, we should do this and we should do that. And we don't discipline ourselves to really be very 
clear about who are we as an organization, who are we meant to serve, what is our purpose. And so this should happen at every level within the organization, right down to task assignment. Um, and sometimes people feel like that's just too much. And it's it's not. Um, because if you don't tie tasks to purpose, people don't see the importance of the task. They don't see how they can contribute. They don't see how their work contributes. And one of the greatest markers of success um, at work is seeing how our contribution helps uh, with organizational purpose and mission. So it's really, really important, okay? So again, the question is, why does the task matter to mission and values? And that's your role as a team leader or a leader within the organization is to connect everything um, that is done within the organization to organizational mission and values. And so if the task does not align with mission, pause or reconsider, right? You, it, that, that might require a little more critical thinking on your part to really determine if this is a task that you need to um, burden your team with. And so the other thing that I love about this communication and collaboration process is it not only really helps us, right, to communicate and collaborate, but it is designed to drive critical thinking. Um, too often, we just assign um, tasks in a pretty impulsive or a reactive way without fully fleshing that process out and really thinking about, okay, why? Why are we doing this? Is this, this just a response to a leader's anxiety? Um, is this um, something that feels kind of punishing? And so the communication and collaboration process forces leaders to engage critical thinking skills and to get curious about their own process for task assignment first before you, before you uh, lay that at the feet of your team members. And so you can do this process and like, I've certainly done this process. And there are times where when I go to the process, through the process, I end up not assigning a task because I recognize like, this is more about managing my anxiety than it is, you know, this is some, this is an activity that, that really needs to happen for the success of the organization that's really tied to mission and values. And so it's a good gut check, um, for team leads, um, that it's, you know, it, it's often like the impulsive, emotional, um, dysregulated way of doing this is just to like throw an assignment at people without really getting clear on what's happening and whether that's actually the best solution. Sometimes the best solution is, okay, as a team leader, you need to take some time and manage yourself and um, engage some uh, emotional regulation skills. <laughs> always and forever we need to be doing that so that is our second question why now let's move to the third question which is who okay so who will own the task now this also seems like a simple question and sometimes it is but not always and I'm going to say a little bit more about this as we move on with the podcast but you know the person who owns the task might not be the person who totally executes on the task um, so we'll talk more about that in a minute but who will own the task? Who ultimately has responsibility? Uh, and 
some additional questions to ask here. So we've got three key questions here. Who will own the task? Second, who will be required for successful completion of the task? Sometimes it's a one person um, job. Sometimes it requires coordination of, you know, multiple departments across the organization. You need to pin that down so that you have a realistic scope of the work. And then the third question is, who does the task benefit, right? This is really, really important. Um, does it benefit our team? So maybe it facilitates the work of a specific leader in another department, right? Like, ah, I really need these numbers so that I can do accurate um, forecasting. That would be a that'd be a very fine purpose. So we want to ask who does the task benefit? So sometimes it's the team. Sometimes it's your audience or your fans or your clients or your customers. So think in terms of your stakeholders. Who do you serve? Sometimes, right? Like if I think about my organization, our organization, sometimes um, we do something because it benefits another team member, right? It facilitates their work. Sometimes it's to um, help serve our clients, to make things a little bit easier for them, a little more streamlined. Sometimes it's uh, our professional referral network, right? That we communicate effectively with them. So we'll develop processes to really make sure that um, we're engaging with them proactively and professionally. And so with the who, we've got actually three questions. Who will own the task? Who will be required for successful completion? And who does the task benefit? And then that takes us to our fourth question, which is when. So when must the task be completed? And again, this can this isn't always straightforward, right? Um, but this question of when must the task be completed, um, I think a, a really good follow-up question to that is why, right? Are these artificial deadlines or do we have a really hard deadline? And if you have a really hard deadline, you might consider um, putting in a soft deadline ahead of that. So if it's like, you know what, we're going to have government regulators <laughs> breathing down our neck if we don't get this done by the first, then I would say you should probably move that deadline up so that you have time to, you know, work out any of the kinks before that hard deadline. So when we when we think about when, we want to be very specific about not only deadlines, but also timelines. So what are the uh, markers for success um, so that we're ensuring that the, that the project or the task is staying on track? That's a really important part of both when and how. And then, of course, consider maybe a soft deadline and a hard deadline and that those are two different deadlines, um, depending on the size and the scope of the task. Uh, and then that brings us to our fifth question, which is how. So how will the task be completed? So we want to identify the process for successful completion. We want to identify the markers of success and we want to implement ongoing checkpoints as indicated. Now I'm going to say more about the how um, because, because who um, who's in charge of the how really makes a difference. And so um, what I would say here, though, is the leader um, can be very helpful for identifying the markers of success of this process, right? And to implement the checkpoints. Uh, so some structure for support and accountability. Um, that's something that's that's really good for a leader to outline at the outset. But just know 
that when it comes to how it's very, very collaborative and a lot of that ownership for answering those questions goes to the who, goes to whoever that that task is assigned to. And I will talk more about that. Um, as we get to another point. But for now, right, this is a communication and collaboration process to really help us with effective delegation and decision making. And with it, we have five questions. So what, why, who, when, and how. So that leads us to our second point, which um, which are guidelines for using this CNC process. So this communication and collaboration process. So the first thing to be really clear about is that this process is not always necessary, right? Depending on um, the size of the task, um, you know, this kind of process might be overkill, right? So if it's just a simple task, have a conversation, you know, make sure that the, um, the, the person receiving the task is empowered to ask questions and to clarify concerns. Um, but I think when it comes to, you know, some guidelines, some, a thought process to help you for, you know, when to use this CNC process, I want you to consider at what level within the organization does this sort of tool make sense? Okay, because, right, like if I think about um, tasks within um, our integration team, which is really our administrative team, you know, like we sometimes will need this process if there's multiple people involved. But if it's a simple task that doesn't impact other components of the organization, we have more of a simplified conversation. Now we still hit all of these points, but you, you know, this could be a pretty informal process, meaning a conversation where we're hitting all these points, or it could be a more formalized process where there's actually a document, a living document that is used as a guide. And so it really depends on um, how big the project is and, you know, how it spider webs throughout the organization. Um, and I'll, I'll say a little bit more about that. The other guideline is to be clear about your intention when using this process. So this isn't a hoop for team members to jump through, right? Like we're not just trying to give them more work. Um, it's also not a tool or a weapon of micromanagement, right? Like I need to see everything that you're doing at every minute. No, that's not the intent. So when you start this process as a leader, you need to be really clear about your intention that this is a process designed to drive three things. It's designed to drive clarity, right? So people understand the task and why it matters. It's designed to drive communication so that we can address concerns, make sure that there's clear communication about what's expected. Um, and it's a process to drive collaboration so that you know, task assignment is never just a one-way street. It should always be um, bi-directional, so that the the people that are tasked with the with the with the task, right, are able to check out their questions, bring in their perspective. Because as the one assigning the task, don't make the mistake of believing you have the full picture. You don't, um, and that's. That becomes even more true as an organization grows. Um, 
And so leading with your intention, this is a process designed to drive clarity, communication, and collaboration. So it is also meant as an antidote to a very common problem. And I talked about this at the beginning, which is leaders who fail to delegate effectively. So what I often see is that leaders just, they just don't take the time to clearly explain um, what they need to happen and to get buy-in. That buy-in, that collaboration is so important. Um, they also assume that team members can read their minds. I've been so guilty of this. Um, um, that like, oh, they should just know. Um, and they don't. And that's that's like very disrespectful to your team members. Um, and it 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 sets up, you know, frustration and resentment if you're not careful. Um, they also, so leaders also don't consider the perspectives or the other commitments of team members when they're delegating. So when we use delegation as a one-way street, um, we really, you know it's a disservice to our team members because we were signifying a lack of respect for the other commitments that they have. And so we really want to open up the communication and collaboration. And then leaders also don't always fully understand what will be required for successful execution, right? Like you don't know all the details of another person's work. And so when you're delegating something, don't make the assumption that you have a total understanding about what will be required for successful execution. This is the power of teams. This is why we work on teams because people have distinct roles and responsibilities. They have a unique perspective by virtue of their role and their responsibilities. And when we can delegate effectively, this is where we get much better outcome because we empower team members to shine, um, in their area of expertise. And so, um, so lead with your good intention about like, this is in service to the team members. This is in service to the success of the organization. You're wanting to avoid frustration, misunderstandings, hidden expectations. And so another guideline is, you know, to you could use the communication and collaboration process anytime the, these three things these three factors are in place. So anytime cross department involvement is indicated, right? Cause it's just, it's, it's a little more complex. It's going to require a little more coordination. Um, anytime budget requests for the task is above and beyond an ordinary department budget. So if we decide we want to do something, but we don't have the budget for it, or it would, you know, it would require additional funds, that would be, um, that would be a trigger for using this process. Uh, because it's above and beyond what we're planning for, right? With our business budgeting and financing. And then the third time to, to really consider using this would be when the when the schedule or the strategic priorities of the organization will be impacted. Um, because, right, like we identify strategic priorities. And so if we are looking at doing something that really disrupts that cycle, we need to be really critical about that, um, thinking about that and making sure that that makes sense and that we have buy-in about that. Uh, we don't want to do that 
just haphazardly. Um, and so there are some guidelines um, for using the communication and collaboration process, the CNC process. And so now I just want to finish with the third point, which is that we want to help ensure a strong accountability chain. So I talked a little bit about this in the last podcast, but I think it's really important as we think about who and we think about how, right? So some of those important questions that we look at as part of this process. And so when we think about assigning that task ownership, right? I've already mentioned that many leaders fail right out of the gate because they fail to clearly assign task ownership. We don't want that to happen to you. Um, But it also, right, this doesn't mean that the task owner is the only one executing on a task, but ultimately they own it. And so if you remember, we had three questions when it came to the who. So who owns the task, right? So that is really the hooks of responsibility. And then who who will be required for successful execution, right? And this might require several team members across the organization, right? Across departments. And so you want to really clarify that um, and make sure that that is that that the important stakeholders are involved. Um, so when we think about the task owner, it doesn't mean that they're they're the only one executing on a task, but they own it. So they ultimately carry responsibility for the success or the failure of the task. So saying a little bit more about, you know, when assigning task ownership, one of the first questions we need to look at is, does the individual have the authority to make the necessary decisions? If they don't, you either need to give them authority or reconsider who owns the task. Um, Another good question to ask is, you know, is there an existing team member who already has authority and accountability for this domain, right? It could be a new task, but where does it make the most sense? Like where in the accountability of the organization would this task naturally or logically reside? Um, And that's not always clear. Sometimes that's, you know, some of the problem solving and critical thinking as a leader that you need to pay attention to. And then the other thing is like that drives good good communication. So I will often have a task and, and, you know, in my mind, it kind of bridges a couple of roles. And so we'll just have a conversation about that and ask like, where does it make the most sense for this task to reside? Um, And if you're a newer organization or you're a, a small organization that's growing, that's a really important question because you often have people in multifunctional roles And so, you know, really thinking about what makes the most sense for this specific task. Um, And so if you have an existing team member who already has authority and accountability, then go ahead and delegate to that team member and then let that team member decide if further delegation is needed. So, right, you might give that to a department head and then that person owns it and they can decide how and if to delegate within their department. Um, And a second component of that, and this is so important when we think about delegation, is providing the what, not the how. So when you're assigning a task, it's really important to identify what the task is and why it matters, um, but to really stay out of the how, right? Like you're not dictating how the team members are going to be successful because you're delegating, you're giving them trust to to do that. And this really for many leaders, it is the need to challenge that tendency to control and 
you know, what it looks like is we tend to manage how everything gets done. That's not a good use of your time. And it is very disempowering to team members. Um, So instead, we want to empower team members by providing clear direction on what, and then giving them the autonomy to figure out the how, to figure out how things get done. And so when you in implement the CNC process, this is where, you know, at task assignment, you're talking a lot about what needs to be done. You might talk a little bit about how it needs to be done, but really that's more as a consultant to whoever owns the task. So again, I mentioned you might set up markers or a process for checkpoints of supporting the individual or the team on the task completion, but you're not dictating how they work or how the task is executed on. Um, you know, there are times where you, you might have very specific regulations that you have to pay attention to as part of the how. That would be important to talk about. Um, so feel free to talk about that. But as much as possible, we want to empower team members to have um, the autonomy to, to um, execute on the task within their authority and accountability. And so you can consult together on the how, right? Like the how of task completion, um, especially if it's a new task um, and specific details really matter. But still, as a leader with task assignment, you're in a consultant role at that point. Um, And I think that's a good way to kind of stay in your lane. So there you have it. Uh, Today, we've talked about um, using a a better process for better results, right? So we're really thinking about delegation and decision-making and task assignment. And so uh, we talked about five questions as part of the process to really help you with that. So head on over to my website to check out the show notes with the resources for this episode at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 211-better delegation process. And again, if you haven't checked out the resource or the uh, recent episodes on delegation, for sure, go back and listen to those. They can be super helpful for setting you up for this conversation. Um, and then I would love to invite you to join me on Instagram at Smith. I always have a lot of um, great detail about these topics. And I would love to hear your questions, your thoughts, your perspective. What do you find that works really well for you? And then, of course, if you don't mind giving us a review um, on Spotify or Apple. That's always super helpful for me. Uh, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Remember love and work, work and love. That's all there is. Until next time, take good care. 